Our scripture reading this morning comes from the book of Psalm, chapter 78, verses 4 through 7. Psalm, chapter 78, verses 4 through 7. If you're following along in your pew Bibles, the page number is 521. That's Psalm 78, 4 through 7, on page 521 in your pew Bibles. We will not hide them from their children, telling to the generation to come the praises of the Lord and his strength and his wonderful works that he has done. For he established a testimony in Jacob and appointed a law in Israel which he commanded our fathers, that they should make them known to their children, that the generation to come might know them, the children who would be born, that they may arise and declare them to their children, that they may set their hope in God and not forget the works of God, but keep his commandments. Good morning. We're indeed grateful for your presence. What a beautiful day on the outside, isn't it? What a wonderful day of worship on the inside. And we're just grateful for all of you that are present this morning. Those of you that may be visiting with your family, we're just delighted that you're part of our worship and part of our service. Before we begin our study of God's word, there are just a couple of announcements we want to make the congregation here aware of and, and just remind you again of some things that are very important that are coming up. Uh, this Sunday, this afternoon at five o'clock and again next Sunday afternoon at five o'clock, Across the parking lot in our youth building, the 2030 building, our elders are, are hosting a, a town hall meeting, if you will. And they want you to come and to share with them your thoughts and your ideas about the potential of building a new building and a new worship facility. And they would like to have your insights. So therefore, they're inviting you to come and to share with them and to express to them. And by all means, keep this in your prayers. And you know, I'm grateful to our elders, I tell you. To be able to, to serve under men like this who are willing to, to be open and uh, transparent and, and want you to come and to share with them, uh, I am grateful. You know, they're very, very wise men, but they're not mind readers. So therefore, you need to come and share with them, if you would, your thoughts and insights about this potential as we continue to look how God is going to bless us in the future here at Mount Juliet. You know, I'm delighted and I'm grateful and I can't speak for the other staff, but I am. We are delighted to serve under these men who love this church and who love the Lord and are such an example for us. So we're grateful. So remember it in your prayers. And by all means, this afternoon at five and next Sunday at five, uh, they will be having that meeting for us to participate. Out in the, uh, the foyers on the tables, you will be able to find a, a Friends Day brochure that's printed up. It is two weeks from today. September the 25th. So we hope you're making your plans. You're already inviting your friends and your family and your neighbors. It's going to be a great day of fun, a great day of fellowship, and we're looking forward to it. But it is important that we make note of some changes, okay, some time changes that's going to be a little bit different than this year than maybe you've been used to in the past. The activities are going to begin at 2 o'clock. At 2 o'clock, and there'll be all kinds of games and activities. They're going to be the inflatable for the kids. They're going to be cornhole. They're going to be a games for the adults. They're going to be snow cones. They're going to be cotton candy. It's going to be a great festival time of just enjoyment and a fellowship one with another. Also, 
at three o'clock, we will be having a, a hot dog uh, dinner, a hot dog roast. So what you can do is just have a real light lunch, work up an appetite for three o'clock, we'll share a meal together, and then at four o'clock, we're gonna have our evening worship. We're gonna have our evening worship at the park at Charlie Daniels Park at 4 p.m. And now after 4 p.m., you can stay and you can play. You can just sit and fellowship because we have the park rented until 7 p.m. that evening. So we're looking forward to that. Invite your friends and neighbors. And also there will be a 6 p.m. service here at the building for those that are unable to come and participate at the park on September the 25th. There will be shuttles running from the uh, Mount Juliet Middle School. There'll be golf carts running to, to help all of us to uh, be transported as we have need. So we hope you'll make your plans to be a part of that day. It's gonna be a great day, a great opportunity to serve in our community and to worship in the park on September the 25th. Please, pre uh, please keep David in your prayers. Uh, our preacher, David Shannon, is uh, preaching this week in a revival and a gospel meeting uh, in Paintsville, Kentucky. And all of us know how blessed those folks are going to be with his good teaching and his excellent preaching and presentation of the Word of God. So remember David as he shares the Word of God in Kentucky uh, this week. And hopefully and prayerfully, he'll be back with us on Thursday and be back in the pulpit next Sunday to be able to share the Word of God with us. Grandparents Day. Thank you for being here. You know, since 1978, the first Sunday after Labor Day has been recognized in our nation as National Grandparents Day. So we thought it would be just an excellent time for us to come back and to revisit the joy of being grandparents and the joy that grandparents have brought into our life and they continue to bring to our life. Now, let me just hasten to say, I understand this morning, not everybody here is a grandparent. So we don't want to isolate any of us from being able to worship together and to really have a, a appointed part of this lesson. So what we have done, I've tried to, my desire and my design, and I hope we find some success, is while we're addressing our thoughts and our comments to grandparents and to maybe great-grandparents, what I'm hoping is, is that the same points you'll be able to make to the life of a Christian. In other words, all the points we're going to be making about grandparents and influence and the impact that we can make on our children and on our families, I hope you'll be able to see that if you're not a grandparent, that you'll be able to see that and make observation of the fact those same principles and those same points apply to my life as a child of God. Because everything we say about impacting our family is also true about impacting our community, impacting our coworkers, impacting others for Jesus Christ. So hopefully we will find some success in being able to fulfill both of those roles. It's just my observation that most grandparents would agree. If someone would have told them that grandchildren were so enjoyable the choice would have been made to have them first. Most of us as grandparents can say amen to that because what joy and happiness and meaning they bring to our lives. In fact, the privilege of being a grandparent or a great grandparent, I kindly call it the icing on the cake of life. 
And I believe Proverbs chapter 17 in verse six says something about that because there the wise man reminds us of the joy of what it is to be grandparents. And in fact, he says it this way in verse number six. Children's children are the crown of the aged or of the old man, depending on your translation. And the glory of children is their fathers. Brethren, God intends for our grandchildren to be the, the crowning glory. And that they can be proud of us as their grandparents and as their parents. And you know, it's only natural that, that grandparents want to talk about and want to boast about their grandchildren. I mean, you know, used to, they would just have a small picture. Now today, with people carrying electronic devices that is very close to a small TV screen, you know, now they want to show you and they want to tell anyone who is willing to listen and they want to tell you how smart and how bright and how intelligent and how fast and how good they are. I understand, folks, as grandparents, we all have the best grandchildren they are on this earth, right? And that's okay because that's what we ought to do as, our, as grandparents. We ought to encourage them and boast them up and, and be proud of them. But I'm reminded of the story that is told of two men. They were standing in the grocery line together. They hadn't seen each other in a little while. And so they were just catching up. They were chit-chatting back and forth and talking about their families and everything. And after a few minutes of catching up, uh, they said, one of them looked at them and said, hey, have I told you about my grandchildren? And the other guy immediately said, no, and I appreciate it. <laughs> you ever felt that way? <laughs> you know, you just didn't want to hear another story, right? Hey, it's only natural. But let me just say as grandparents, with the joy of having grandchildren, brethren, also comes a serious responsibility that God has placed upon us. A grandfather who didn't look and resemble exactly like a movie star, if you know what I mean. One day he was uh, looking at himself in a full length mirror. Granddaughter happened to walk by and she stood there next to Grandpa looking at him and looking at herself and they were gazing intently then her own reflection and she said, Grandpa, did God make you? And he kind of confidently said, well, yes, honey, he did. Grandpa, did God make me too? Well, yes, honey, he sure did. Why do you ask? And then with this puzzled look, she said, it seems to me that God is doing a lot better job lately. <laughs> well, you know, folks, to be a grandparent, we've got to have some age and we ought to have some wisdom about us at this point in life. And if we're going to be the grandparents that God would design us to be, and according to Psalm 78, then I would say to us this morning, we're going to have to be very intentional about what we do and how we live our lives. Now, some grandparents choose to be intentional about other things in life. You know, they will be intentional on, on helping their children to be successful and their grandchildren. Or they'll make sure that, that the grandchildren always have a good time at, at their house, and, and rightfully so. And sometimes they don't even want to make sure, they want to make sure that their grandkids don't think that they're that much older so they, they don't dress and they try not to look like a grandparent. Listen, godly grandparents 
You have the potential to powerfully influence the spiritual direction of your family and of your grandchildren. You have a unique responsibility and opportunity in your life that you and you alone can show them in that role that is so unique. You, should, you can show them the Christ who is the way, the truth, and the life. And that's what really matters for this life and for the life that is here to come. Because understand something, someone and somebody is going to influence and to teach our children and our grandchildren. And my suggestion is to, why not us? Why do we not, as our grandparents, to these wonderful children and opportunities we have of these young people, why do we not look at that opportunity and say, God, I welcome that very, very much. This morning, I simply have three what I call keys to be biblically intentional as grandparents. Now, if we're going to impact their life, understand these same three principles are true if we're talking about being a Christian, living the Christian life in our community. What I've done is I've gone back to Deuteronomy chapters 4, 6, and 11. And I've just kind of summarized from those three chapters, three points, three keys that I would share with you this morning about being a grandparent or about being a Christian. The first one is this, prayer. Prayer. Brethren, we all realize, but I want to remind us, prayer is a powerful vehicle. It's a powerful tool through which we submit our agenda to God Almighty. When you go back and read those three chapters, Deuteronomy 4, 6, and 11, what you will find is over and over again, Moses is requesting, Moses is commanding the people to watch themselves closely. He told them to seek the Lord, to bow down before him, to know him, to love him, to worship him. And he says, and now you are to instruct your families in these teachings. It's no wonder that Paul, the apostle Paul says in 1 Thessalonians 5, pray without ceasing. Why? Because it's a powerful vehicle that we can approach the very throne of God Almighty and we can bring to him our agendas and our concerns and we can pray regularly and we should be praying frequently for our grandchildren and for our children, and for our families. In fact, I would encourage you to just do what Paul prayed for the church family. In Ephesians chapter three, verse 16 and 17, the apostle Paul prayed that they would have Christ dwelling in their hearts through faith. Isn't that a great prayer to be praying for your children and your grandchildren and your family? That they will know Christ, they will love Christ, they will submit to Christ, and they will serve him. And in this prayer, I would encourage you that you ought to be praying specifically and persistently for your family in the phases they are in life. I would suggest to you, your prayer for your grandchildren for a five-year-old grandchild may be far different than a grandchild that is 13-year-old. Pray specifically for those needs and for those walks and for those challenges of life. In other words, lift their names up to God and be praying for them in every walk of life. I can't think about praying for a family without thinking about Nehemiah. You remember Nehemiah in the Old Testament? He goes back to rebuild the walls around the city of Jerusalem. He was facing a lot of opposition. Enemies were strong against him. And in Nehemiah 4, facing this opposition, he makes this statement. Man, this can be so true of us today. Nehemiah said to those brethren, do not be afraid of them, those enemies. Remember the Lord 
who is great and awesome and fight for your brothers and your sons and your daughters and your wives and your homes. May I just ask you, would you make a mental note of Nehemiah 4 verse 14, please? And that you will lift those names up of that family of yours and that you would ask God for his will to be done and that he would use you as a tool, an effective instrument of righteousness and help in their life. That you will fight for your family. And brethren, I know of no greater way to fight from your family than to take their names before God in prayer. Lift them up boldly and confidently, persistently and regularly that God will be and bless them because a great avenue to be intentional is to do it in prayer. Second thing I would remind us of is your presence. Your presence. Your presence in the lives of your grandchildren, it really is vital. You know, a lot of times you'll hear things like this, boy, I can't believe this month is almost over. Can you believe this year is two thirds over? Wasn't it just two and a half months ago we had Christmas? Here it is, two-thirds over. And then I hear people say, man, I can't believe how much, how fast my children and grandchildren are growing up. That's the reason it's important for you to be present. I read something this past week that kind of caught my attention. It said, often in our lives, our grandchildren will not have time for us when we get older if we do not have time for them when they are young. Your presence, brethren, as parents, as grandparents, is absolutely vital in their lives. It's vital because you know what? Your presence, when you embrace that, when you connect with them, then all of a sudden now, you're more in tune with what their needs are for your prayers. All of a sudden now you have a greater understanding. What do you need to be praying for in that five-year-old, that six-year-old versus that 13 or 15 or seven or 20-year-old? How are you going to determine that? Well, if you're present in their hearts and your presence in their lives, then it will be vital that you, under, you have that understanding. Because I want to remind you something. Grandparents are really a link with our grandchildren. Because what we need to understand is, is it goes both ways that really grandparents and grandchildren are linked together for the future and for the past. In other words, here's a grandchild. They are the parent, grandparents linked to that future. As we read in Psalm 78 verses four through seven, grandparents, you are the child's link to the past. So really what I want to understand about the presence, not only is it a blessing to the grandchildren, I would suggest it's quite a wonderful blessing for us who are grandparents. Because if you notice how your grandchildren can just bring about such a, a joy and happiness and, and a blessing to you, just your, your, you renew your spirit. I mean, you all have noticed how others, when their grandchildren are coming, how they get excited. And you've seen some really crazy ways that grandparents act, haven't you? You've done it. I mean, we never have, but I'm sure you have. I mean, I've seen you do it. See, the truth is, brother, it's important to be there because there's something about a grandchild that just kind of changes the psychology of life. You know, somebody once said, your children may have kept you poor, 
but your grandchildren will make you rich. We're not talking about finances, folks. Why? Because there's this link. They just lift your spirits of loving and lift, laughing and, and just being a better spirit around us and in us, the psychology of living. I love the story about the sweet little boy surprised his grandmother one morning as he was spending the weekend with her. He brought her a cup of coffee, but that wasn't unique. He made it himself and he was so proud. <laughs> he anxiously waited to hear what his grandmother was going to say on the quality of the coffee. The grandmother had never in her entire life had such a bad cup of coffee. She finally, finally got down the last little bit and she noticed in the bottom of the coffee cup three little green army soldiers. So as kindly and lovingly and gingerly, she happened to ask, honey, why are there three army men in my cup of coffee? And quickly, the little fellow looked at his grandmother and he said, grandma, you know, it's like they say on TV. The best part of waking up is soldiers in your cup. <laughs> Not all of us are blessed to have grandchildren close. Aren't you grateful that we live in the age that we do with our technology? Because there's so many wonderful avenues that you can Skype and you can FaceTime and you can email and you can phone. And you know, sometimes just seeing your face, hearing your voice may just be what they need at that time in their life. Be present, be a part of them. When our grandson was living in San Antonio, when we would be privileged to have him for a couple of weeks during the summer, and Debbie was so deliberate and she was so wonderful at making sure she took a lot of pictures. And then about a month later after he would return, she would make a photo album. And then she would write little notes all around those pictures of where we were and what we did and how much fun we had. And then she would mail that to him where he would get it a month or four or five, six weeks later. And then the next time we would visit, we would be able to go back and say, oh yeah, you remember this? You remember when we went here and it was just, listen, it's worth every drop of, of, of time and energy just to see the little faces light up. Your presence, brethren, is important. Just like your presence in our community to represent Christ is vital. But then there's a third thing, practice. Of all the three keys, this may be the most critical because honestly, it determines the impact of the first two keys. Moses repeatedly reminded the people to put into practice God's commands that would set them apart from the world in which they were living. And in Deuteronomy chapter six and verse eight, Moses reminded those individuals to tie them as symbols on your hands. In other words, it's important what you do. He said, bind them on your foreheads. It's, it's vital how you think. Write them on the door frames and on the gates 
It's important how you live at home and in the community. When you're present and when you're lifting their names up in prayer, it's so vital for those individuals to be able to look at you and see you modeling the example of Jesus. That you're striving to have Christ living in you. Now we're all familiar perhaps of something that we've seen on our computer, uh, maybe an email that came back where it said something like this, delivery, the message failed. Maybe you've gotten mail back, you had done by snail mail, and it came back to you and says it was undeliverable. Well, when I read the book of Deuteronomy, and I think about all these wonderful things, it just amazes me when I read Judges chapter 2 and verse number 10. Because in Judges 2 and verse 10, after the people had been led into the promised land, after Joshua was, had passed away at the age of 110, we read these words in Judges 2. After that whole generation had been gathered to their ancestors, another generation grew up who neither knew the Lord nor what he had done for Israel. Isn't that sad? How in the world did that happen? Here is God Almighty that had led them through the promised land and given them the land that had flowed with milk and honey. And now all of a sudden, there is a generation, the word of God says, that that message has not been delivered. That they had forgotten, they didn't know about the greatness of God and what he had done for his people. And it amazes me that that wonderful message of God's goodness and of God's greatness failed to get to that generation. Brethren, as grandparents this morning, let's not let that happen about the message of God and his greatness to this next generation. Because what happened in that generation, if you read the book of Judges, it's not very pretty and it's not very exciting. It's very sad. Instead of practicing godless, a godlessness. They were living their lives in godlessness. One generation. We are the link. It's a vital link. And God has given us a powerful tool to which we can influence our children and our grandchildren. And brethren, that avenue is how we live our lives. What we do before them. Because you and I have an opportunity to demonstrate the reality of our faith. Listen, some of us have had the privilege of being children of God for a good number of years. So therefore, the word of God has impacted our hearts and it's changed our lives. So therefore, we have this great example of living for God through the storms of life and through all the sunny days of life through all the good and all the bad. I love the words of what Titus said in Titus 2 and verse 7. When Paul wrote these words, he said, Titus, in all things, showing yourself to be a pattern of good works. In doctrine, showing integrity and reverence. Grandparents, maybe here's us a quick suggestion of how that may look in our lives. Number one, model integrity. Christians in our community, Please model integrity. See that your walk matches your talk. The way that you live should say much about Christ. You should make a lot to do over the church and over the kingdom and over the greatness of God. That the fruit of the spirit should characterize our words and our lives. Number two, speak the truth with compassion and kindness. 
Grandchildren do not want to hear us when we are harshly and unkind. You can speak the truth in love. Make sure that, that the truth that you speak and the stories that you share is with a kindness on your tongue and a reality from your heart. Third suggestion would be live beyond yourself. Please model to your grandchildren and to your children what it means to do good and to be good and to serve and to have a heart like Jesus, to have the mind of Christ, to have the spirit of our Lord and Savior. Let them see you being a conduit of God's blessings and God's wonderful grace. Because I really want you to really think about this next statement that's going to appear on the screen. I just came across this this week and it really made an impact on me. And that statement is this, if you have not chosen the kingdom of God first, in the end, brethren, it matters not of your age, it will make no difference what you have chosen instead. It doesn't matter what age we are today in this auditorium. If we haven't chosen first the kingdom of God, in the end, it doesn't matter what you have chosen instead. Now this morning, in the windowsills, and all the places outside, the desk, all the exit places. We have these bookmarks that we've had printed for this special day. One side says, I have, no greater, I have no greater joy than to hear that my children are walking in the truth. Isn't that true, grandparents? Isn't that true, parents? There's no greater joy to know that your children and your grandchildren are walking in the truth of God's holy word. On the other side, or just simply ABCs of some truths that you should pass on. Did you make sure that you pass on to your family that they always acknowledge God to direct their path? That they'll always be strong in the Lord and they will always cast their anxieties upon him because he cares so deeply. We want you to take these bookmarks because we know that your children and your grandchildren specifically today are the bookmarks of your heart. They're the bookmarks of your life. And we hope that you'll take one of these. And maybe as, as grandchildren, your grand, grandparents are not able to be here today, take one, share it with them, give it to them. And may every time you as a grandparent see one of these bookmarks that you'll just be reminded they are the bookmark of my heart, the bookmark in my life. And I want to make sure that they see in me the heart of a servant, that they see in me an individual that's seeking first the kingdom of God and that I'm modeling before them that they can be molded and made into the image of Christ. And I want to leave you with this one passage in Psalms 103, in verses 17 and 18, the word of God, but from everlasting to everlasting, the Lord's love is with those who fear him and his righteousness with their children's children, with those who keep his covenant and remember to obey his precepts. What a blessing to be a grandparent. What a blessing to be a child of God. Maybe this morning you need to become one of his children. 
Maybe you need to wash away your sins calling on the name of the Lord. All things are prepared. All things are ready. Come to the feast of forgiveness. Or maybe you look at your life and you investigate it and maybe you don't need to make a public response. Maybe you do. But in a private way, maybe there's some things in your heart, in your life that you need to lift up to God in prayer. Or maybe you want us as a church to pray with you and for you. We'd be honored to do that. If we can help you, encourage you, assist you, we would love to have that opportunity as together we stand and we sing.